Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Build Value by Choice podcast show. I am your host, Nana Bansu. I am a certified availability advisor and a, the president of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Uh, we specialize in helping business owners increase the value of their businesses while freeing them up from the day-to-day running of the business. You can check us out on our website, www.infhorizons.com forward slash podcast to get more information about this podcast show. Each and every week, we bring on an expert to discuss certain aspects of um, business that appeals to business owners. This week, we are going to be talking about financial therapy. And I have with me a certified financial therapist, Magdala Adelike. Magdala is the owner of Financial Therapies, LLC, a holistic financial consulting company. She's a former banker and financial management professional with an educational background in psychology. She now incorporates therapeutic tools into financial planning to help her clients process their complex emotions around money and uncover the root of their financial behaviors in order to transform and build sustainable wealth for generations. Her mission is to empower others to achieve a positive relationship with money, achieve financial freedom, and live purposeful lives. She loves traveling, philanthropy, and personal growth. Welcome to the show, Magdala. Thank you so much, Nana, for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh, that's great. You have a great background. So I was kind of curious about this topic of financial therapy. What exactly, I've heard of psychotherapy, most people have heard of psychotherapy, but a lot of people haven't heard of financial therapy. So could you just tell us what financial therapy is and why it's important? Sure. So financial therapy looks at money from a psychological and emotional perspective. Um, We often think that money is very logical and technical. However, it's more emotional and psychological than anything. So financial therapy, its aim is to help people process um, their emotions around money so that they could improve the way that they feel about it, think about it and communicate and behave with money so that they could have better overall financial well-being. So we we take a step back to look at what's happening underneath um, when it comes to your beliefs around money to help you understand your financial behaviors. And how how exactly does does the process work, this process of financial therapy? How does does it work? Well, I would say um, a financial therapist is either like a mental health professional or financial professional, right? So um, it could be a mental health professional who realized that, okay, money issues is very common, right? Um, When they're dealing with their clients and they decide to get training on the financial part so they could understand money better. And it could come from a financial professional who who realized that a lot of their clients have some extreme, you know, complex emotions around money. And although they understand, you know, the nuts and bolts of finances, but they're not well versed in the emotional side. So then they may get training on, you know, some mental health competencies so that they could understand money better from an emotional perspective. So the combination of these two help you to understand money and a little bit of psychology so that you could help your clients um, improve their relationship with money. Right. So most business owners who are um, who this audience uh, who this uh, podcast show targets, um, they're used to money. They've seen money. So, um, 
why would they still want to talk to your financial therapist? Because we have uh, business owners in different phases of their journey. Some are still in their, you know, actively in their business, and some are looking forward to transitioning out of their business. And you know, they may come up on if if they transition, if they sell um, their business, they will come up on a lot of money. And we've seen situations where a year after they exit their business, they can fall into depression and, and other negative emotions. So how does your, your practice and your process um, help um, business owners in the different phases of, of their uh, career? Yeah, that's a very good question. And it's really common that, you know, like business owners or really people in general, when they have a big life transition, especially when they experience a windfall of money, then they're not prepared um, to deal with it. And it has nothing to do with their skill level and their intelligence. It's because of the extreme emotions that are involved. So I would suggest to prepare, to um, plan that you're going to be feeling things that you probably didn't expect, or those feelings may change over time, right? Maybe at first you're excited um, that, you know, like you, you know, you've sold your business and you're transitioning into a new life, but then later on, then you might start feeling fear, right? Like, what am I doing? What's happening here? Then there might be grief, right? Grief for that transition from who you were before when you were the owner of that company and now you're no longer in that position. So there are so many emotions that will come to play and sometimes you can't even predict which emotions you will feel and when. So to prepare by knowing that, okay, this is going to happen, Right. And I'm sure as you're a business owner, you'll have all of your advisors, right? You'll have your attorneys, your tax um, um, professional, your um, your financial advisors, you'll have all these other people. But I would suggest to also add a financial therapist or a therapist to the mix, right? So that you have someone that you could talk to about those emotions. And when you come to them and you tell them, yeah, I know I have $10 million, but I feel so fearful. And that person can understand um, what you go into and they could help you process those emotions. So knowing that you know, like you will be feeling these way, this way and having a plan in place and an advisor that's going to help you process those emotions will really help you to make better um, financial decisions and to really feel more peaceful with that transition. What misconceptions and mistakes do you um, see uh, business owners or people who uh, come up with, who are associated with a lot of money? Uh, what are some of the misconceptions and mistakes that you see them do and how does that hurt them? I think the biggest misconception that people have around money is what money really is, (laughs) to be honest. We all have these um, views around money that were created by our experiences, right? So when you say, what is money? If you say that to someone, everyone's going to say something different, right? Or money is good, or money is the root of all evil, or money is for the greedy, or you have to work hard for money. So we all have our own um, beliefs around money. However, money is really neutral, right? It's just Mm -hmm. a tool. And it's not good or bad. It's 
a necessity. It's essential because we needed to live life. We needed to, you know, improve our well-being for this world to go around. But money in itself, it's not good or bad. And um, once you understand that, then you know that you could free you from all of that extra emotions, right? That comes when you're dealing with money. And so knowing that it's just neutral, like you could use it for good or evil. It's your choice. But that comes from the person, not from money itself. Yeah, so that's, I think, the biggest misconception that we have around money. And the second one I would say is that we think money is more technical and logical than it really is, right? Money is more emotional, like 90%, right, of our financial behaviors is based on our emotions um, than it is based on logic. So we're not, we think we are. And to us, we would say, yes, I made a logical decision when I, you know, decided to do this. But in reality, it's our emotions that are driving it, um, our behaviors and our decisions. And we're not even aware that this is happening, right? It's happening in the subconscious, like all underneath the scene. And we're just operating within a blueprint and a script that's been created for us since our childhood. Yeah. So I guess, you know, do you try to uh, peel the onion? Because a lot of, a lot of you know, people sometimes have difficulty coming to grips with certain uh, submerged emotions, um, especially in around uh, finances. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the bravest um, step to decide if you want to dig a little deeper to explore what's underneath because it's um, it could get very um, emotional and um, to be willing to um, be vulnerable and um, honest with your to yourself about your past and to explore that, it takes a lot of courage. And But once you actually take that um, step to uncover what's happening underneath, what's running the show, then freedom is at the other side, right? And you understand yourself better. You understand others better. And that would help you to make wiser and more constructive decisions and to be in more control of your emotions and your decisions. One of the, um, um, a couple of um, psychological uh, things that uh, tend to happen around finances and money is a lot of business owners um, go into business because they want to be their own boss or they aspire uh, for freedom and financial independence. Mm-hmm. Um, however, so the, you know, the business becomes the vehicle to achieve that. Um, however, um, so two things can happen. One is that they achieve the financial independence, yet they don't feel fulfilled, um, especially if, if they transition out of the business and they don't feel like they're significant, nobody's coming to them for advice or to solve their problem, um, or the friends that they've made, right, are in the old business that, that they've sold. Um, the other thing is, um, the other thing is, um, when it comes to um, so let's let's tackle that first, which is that um, how do you see um, this whole concept of um, using business as a vehicle to attain financial independence and freedom? You're being disillusioned once you've built that business, um, and you know, either you have um, people that you know, zap your energy when you're in the business, or when you come out of the business and you feel like um, you know you feel empty because most of your identity throughout your career has been tied to the business that you created? Yeah, that's a very good question because um, a lot of times we think that our self-worth is tied to 
a monetary <laughs> success, right? And um, we work hard for it because that's what we've been told our whole lives. And um, to a certain extent, it's true, right? We all want to have financial success because it affords us the lifestyle that we want. However, that's not all, right? And um, the key is to do the inner work to figure out what are your true needs, right? Like, what are you trying to to fill within you? And um, money in itself is not going to fill all of that void, right? And so to figure out what are you really trying to achieve? What is truly important to you? And that's one of the things I tell my clients when we're doing goal setting. It's not the goals that we think we should achieve. It's not, you know, like the cars, the homes and all of that, right? That might be a part of it, but really, what are you searching for? right? Like what is true financial freedom to you? Is it to be able to work from home when you want, right? So that you could be home with your kids more or pick them up from school? Is it to be able to vacation whenever you want and work from wherever you are in the world? Like what is true freedom to you? And to describe and define it based on your true values and not what the world is saying. I think if you have that right? And you have a really good idea of what your core values are, and you're feeling those true needs, then you will feel fulfilled when your business makes money, even when things aren't going so well, because you already have those other things in place that are bringing you joy and that are fulfilling you and your life. So it has to be a balance. Great. Um, what are some of the biggest objections that or hesitations that you see uh, from people enrolling in financial therapy? Because for instance, some people, the word therapy may be you know, something else to them. So what could you share with us what are some of the biggest objections that you come across for pe- why people uh, hesitate to get involved with financial therapy? I think the biggest thing is they don't even know what that is, <laughs> right? Okay. No one is Googling, hey, I need a financial therapist, right? Like, it's just not part of our world. It's not so common yet. So people are not even aware of this. And this is why I'm so grateful for this opportunity to really educate the world on um, this new field. It's really, it's very new. And um, to tell them that there's more to money than just like the nuts and balls and the technical part, the budgeting and expense report, there's more to it. Um, So I think people need to just know that this is an option for them and what it is that it will help them to explore the emotions around money. So once they're aware that this is an, um, an opportunity for them, it's getting them to see the value in exploring that part, right? The emotional part. Because most people may think, oh, I just need more tools. I just need a better advisor. I just need better returns. And, um, and, but I want people to realize that those are great, but to find true peace around your money and to really take control of those emotions is to explore your money mindset and to understand how it was all created and what blueprint that you're working with that is, um, you know, like that is governing your financial life. What what was the big epiphany that you had, um, or at least the industry had, um, that precipitated this whole um, you know, new field of financial therapy? I would say perhaps is realizing that despite how much money people were making, 
that we're still not <laughs> financially stable and we're still not accomplishing our goals. We have um, the willpower, we have the intelligence, we have the income, but yet we're not seeing the results that we should, right? Um, there's a book called The Psychology of Money and it talks about like money or, um, or finance or investing is like the only field where you can be as educated as you know possible. You could have an MBA from Wharton and um, and still not do well financially in your personal life. You may be like the CEO of a you know you know a Fortune five hundred company, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna have true lasting wealth in your life. Whereas someone else who's making thirty thousand dollars a year who has better behaviors around money could turn into a millionaire, right? Like it doesn't happen in any other field, right? You cannot, you know, like if you're you don't have the education, you cannot go and perform brain surgery, right? But in finance, anyone could make it, right? Anyone could become a millionaire and could be financially stable because it's all about the behavior, right? And those behaviors anyone can learn. And, um, and the first step to learning it is to um, take control of your mindset and to make the right um, decisions and to take the right actions um, to help you build that wealth. And I assume that's what you help people do because it's easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. Changing your mindset, that's, that's not something you just wake up one day and says, you know, switch yeah. on, I've, I've changed my mindset. Mm-hmm. So you have a six-step process uh, or guide for improving people's relationship with money. Can you um, share a little bit, uh, you know, give a little bit more uh, exposition on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're definitely right. Like it's definitely a process and it's absolutely easier said than done because dealing with our minds and our emotions is very complex and, um, and it takes time for us to change, right? Something that we've been learning our entire life, you know, just you know, to change that, it's going to take time. And even when you get to a place where you're more in control, you know, like those old patterns will try to rear their heads again and you have to continuously counter them, right? So yes, going um, with my six-step six guide to financial freedom. So this process really helps you to kind of cover the basis to get you from where you are today to financial freedom and financial peace. So we first start with where you are today, right? Like what are your current financial um, concerns? Like what what is happening in your financial life as of today? You know, whether it's your work, your business, your emotions, and um, and any struggle that you're dealing with. So we want to get clear on our starting point. But before we go forward, we take a step back right? We want to understand how you even got here. So this is where we work on some emotional work and some discovery. We look into your past experiences, including like your culture, your community, your gender, your household, every experience that you've had. We want to see how that influenced your, you know, like your financial life. And we want to get to a place where we actually understand your current behaviors and how you operate the way that you do today. And from that point, Um, of understanding, we get um, freedom, right? When you understand yourself better, then it's like, ah, now I get it, right? And you can um, 
you can become unstuck and have that clarity. And from that point on, then we can process and heal from, you know, the decisions that you made that may not have been so um, constructive, right? Because sometimes when we understand what we did and why we did it, then we start feeling, you know, shame, guilt, um, you know, like those type of emotions. And we want to forgive ourselves and we want to let it go and we want to process and we want to recreate a new story, right? If you were able to create an old story that was maybe destructive, we could create a new constructive and positive relationship with money. So we work on um, reprogramming our brain so that we have a new mindset. And from then on, then we start working on goal setting. Um, um, I mentioned before that we want to um, set goals that are really aligned with our values that are really important to us, not what the world says that we should have right? So we work on those type of self-aligned goals. And once we have those goals, then it's easier to create a plan to help you achieve those goals. And of course, we come back and we make adjustments later because, you know, life changes, we change and, um, you know, it doesn't stay um, static. So we want to go back and make some changes um, later and as necessary. So that's how the six-step process works. And typically, how long does it take to go through all six? Um. Well, I guess it would depend on the individual, but for me, I have a program that's about eight sessions to okay. try to um, go through this process. Sometimes it takes longer. <laughs> Normally it takes longer, but on average around eight sessions and depending on the person and the complexities of, you know, um, the issues that we're facing, then it may definitely be longer, but yeah, but we could start with definitely eight sessions. One of the things that, that you mentioned that's you know, crucial is environment and culture, because a lot of times, as you can see, there's a lot of celebrities that come, you know, come into a lot of money and they end up losing it all. Mm -hmm. um, what have you, I mean, that seems to be you know, really important. And a lot of times people just do a you know, mind of a matter, just try to override it, and then it catches up with them you know, eventually. Mm -hmm. um, how big, uh, how, how big an issue is that and how much uh, time um, does it factor into your overall process? Did you take that, that particular um, segment take more time or just want to drill a little bit more into that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that, you know, um, people in those situations, they make so much money, but yet they retain so little of it. It's because, you know, they're, they're not ready. They're not mentally ready for that windfall. Right. And and they have so many people around them that are just, I don't know, <laughs> driving them um, to make decisions that they're not ready for. And that goes back to the preparation part that we talked about. You know, if business owners are making transitions in their business and they're, you know, be experiencing a financial windfall. And it's the same thing, right? Is to prepare and to understand that, okay, I'm going into new territory that I have no idea how to operate in, right? And our, I guess our natural tendency is to revert back to our our baseline, right? And if your baseline is poverty, then you could make hundreds of millions of dollars unless you upgrade your mindset, then you're somehow going to sabotage and make decisions and take actions that are going to take you back to your baseline. And that's what happens, right? So they say, if you have a windfall of money, you should wait, wait a year, wait at least six months before you make major life decisions, right? It's almost like give yourself time to prepare, to upgrade your mindset, to, to do all of these other works so that you're not making rash decisions based on that high that are going to impact you negatively later. So yeah, so I would say definitely 
definitely take time, have people in your corner that are going to help you deal with um, this big change with the emotions that are, you know, going to um, arise from that and to, you know, like slow down, like help you to slow things down so you could think clearer and so that you could change your mindset and upgrade, um, upgrade it before you actually make some big decisions to ensure that you actually, you know, like keep that wealth as opposed to squandering it all. Okay, great. What, what, what are some of the last thoughts or advice that you have for our listeners? Yeah, um, I just want to encourage listeners to um, explore um, their um, money mindset and to take some time to understand their financial behaviors better and to know that despite where you are in your finances and the beliefs and views you around money, that it was all passed down to you by, you know, like your parents, like your community, right? So you, most of us are operating um, with a money story that was passed down to us, right? And we had no control over it because, um, and they also had no control over it, right? Because it's part of, you know, like, it's passed on um, through generation and to understand that. But despite your money story, you are in the position to make changes to it, right? You can create your new money story. If you feel anxiety, fear, fear shame, or any negative emotions around money, it, you can do something about it and you could create a more positive relationship with money. Um, it just will take some time and some exploring of your, you know, your money story, but you know, you are in control, you are in the driver's seat and you could definitely improve your relationship with money. And it has nothing to do with how much money you have, right? It's, it's not about the amount. It's really about the emotions and feeling like you're in control of it. That's great. Uh, how can uh, people get in contact with you? What's the first step they should take if they want to get involved in financial therapy? Yeah, they're, um, they could definitely reach me on my website. Um, it's, you know, www.financialtherapiece, peace is P-E-A-C-E dot com. And um, yeah, and, you know, I offer free consultations so we could hop on a call and, you know, discuss your financial concerns. And I'm happy to help, you know, to help anyone um, just, you know, deal with their emotions around money. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate your time and um, definitely look forward to uh, learning more about financial therapy because that's going to be uh, big in the next uh, few years to come. Uh, for our listeners, um, you know, we're going to have this uh, additional information uh, on uh, in the show notes. You can go on the website, www.infhorizons.com forward slash podcast. Till next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, Nana. Thank you, Nana.